Greetings, magnificent souls to the Lily Bewley podcast, where we have open and honest discussions about ourselves. This is your host, Lily Bewley, and I'm honored to have conversations here with thought leaders, visionaries, healers, and even solo conversations with myself about things I am currently reflecting on. This is a place where we break down, break away, and break through our emotional trauma, allowing ourselves to be healthy, be happy, and live a peaceful life. We are tired of being sick and tired. We are tired, but we are not giving up. We know that there is something magnificent inside of us. And because we are fighting daily, hourly, and by the minute, fighting ourselves, our jobs, our unhappiness, we have to do things differently. We have to break the cycle. We don't have a million chances. We have to be happy now. We have to find a way. So how do we do that? How is that possible? If you look around at what society is telling you, they tell you that what we're doing is impossible. Yet it's happening every single day. And it's happening through the practice and the love that we call awakening the magnificent soul. We are all magnificent souls. And these are our stories of healing. Today in episode 130, I welcome Summer NNN to the show to chat about Body Image Remix. Don't forget to let me know your thoughts about this episode or anything you would like me to cover on future podcasts by dropping me a DM on Instagram. Remember, it is a safe place and I would welcome the discussion. And also a request, if you are enjoying this show, please rate, please share, please review so we can get the word out to more and more souls who want to heal. And now on to today's episode. Summer Inanin is a professionally trained coach specializing in body image, self-worth, and confidence. She helps people all over the world to stop living behind the numbers on the scales through her private and group coaching offers. She is the best-selling author of Body Image Remix, host of the podcast Eat the Rules, and creator of You on Fire, an online group coaching program dedicated to helping people get free from body shame. Hope you enjoy this conversation with Summer Ennin. Summer Ennin, so happy to have you here. I'm so excited to have this conversation today. I know that we're going to be talking about some personal things, which I love to do here in this space. So thank you for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me, Lily. I really appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. Uh, so you focus a lot on and correct me if I'm wrong, a body image, you focus a mm-hmm. lot on like, I feel like the word anti-diet is floating around, um, these healing spaces now. So I'd love to get your take on that. Um, but you're one of your focuses. And I think this is like, I'm going to take your words verbatim is stop living behind the numbers on the scale. Ooh, mm-hmm. trigger. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tell me more about, you know, like, why is this important to you? How did you get into this work? I'm just so curious. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, it was like, it came from a personal place in that I, when I, when I was growing up, I never felt good in in my body. Like, I don't remember a time where I felt good in my body. Um, I was bullied for my body and uh, I started to become a dieter when I was like probably around 12 or 13, I started to do some dabble with diets and uh over time that progressed to some pretty significant disordered 
behaviors, mm-hmm. um, mostly excessive exercise, as well as some pretty restrictive eating. And I felt like my entire purpose was like, just trying to lose weight. I was like, I just, mm-hmm. I just need to lose this weight once and for all, and then I'll be happy. And then everything will be good. And, um, I, it got to a point where like, I was just in this pattern of like restrict for, you know, a week or four weeks and then completely fall off the rails and eat everything in the cupboard, feel terrible about myself and repeat. And I was on on that cycle for, for decades really. And it got to a point where, um, it started to have an impact on my hormones. Uh, I had the same hormone level as a postmenopausal woman at the age of 32, Mm. uh, because of the amount of stress that I was putting on my body from over-exercising and under-eating and, um, and just the stress of like continually, you know, hating yourself essentially. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that was really a wake up call moment for me. I was working with a naturopathic doctor who really identified that, you know, my behaviors were the issue. Um, and, uh, and that was when I went into a big exploration within myself, because at the time I was actually working as a nutritionist, I was helping people try to lose weight. That was my business. Um, and every, I thought everything I was doing was healthy. I really did. I Mm -hmm. legitimately thought that the way I was moving my body, what I was eating was, was healthy. It was what I was supposed to do. It was what's like praised in our culture. So it was a real like moment, like I really do call it like an awakening moment or the, you know, the universe sort of hit me over the head. Cause I was like, oh my gosh, like, what have I been doing to myself? I didn't even realize I had this disordered relationship mm. with food in my body. And, um, and I'm kind of, you know, helping other people in the same realm, although I wasn't prescribing anything nearly as restrictive as what I was doing to myself, but same, you know, I I was encouraging more restrictive behaviors, really kind of looking at food through like a binary lens and, um, and through my own, like, you know, awakening where I, I got support and I realized that the, really the root of everything I was experiencing was the, was related back to my body image, which was related back to the fact that I was valuing myself based on my appearance, which is the Mm -hmm. way that we're conditioned, especially Mm -hmm. as women in this culture. Um, And so I started to change how I worked with people. I started to really help them try to, you know, like step away from the scale and like focus on other behaviors that are going to help them feel good versus restrictive things. And ultimately like completely just switch my business to be able to support people with Mm -hmm. body image. Once I got, I became a life coach, did a couple different certifications there um, and really shifted gears about nine years ago to specifically focus around, around body image. Um, And so, yeah, I know that was more about my story than like the overall message, but I think that that's like, I think a lot of people can, can relate to that struggle and see that, you know, like we're putting our lives on hold where that's why I say like, stop living behind the number on the scale. Cause I think so many people are like, I'm not going to go date someone until I mm-hmm. look a certain way, or I'm not going to mm-hmm. like wear the bikini to the beach until do I look the a video certain way. or do and... the pictures or do... <laughs> yes, I'm raising. My yeah, hand. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so like, we're literally living behind the number on the scale. And so to step mm-hmm. away from that is to really just, you know, embrace your unapologetic self and, and recognize that like, it's not your fault that you, that you feel bad about your body. Mm-hmm. Like this stuff was like really programmed into us from a very, very young age. Mm-hmm. Man, so much. Thank you for sharing that. And no, that's perfect. I, I feel, you know, like one of the things I really value in my life now and in this space is really talking about the things that people don't talk about. And, you know, those 
influences and those, you know, of course we know, like, at least I'm, I'm assuming that the listeners know because they're woke, you know, there are so many different, you know, influences out there about body image and weight and all that stuff, which is pretty, you know, I think it's pretty well known, but then it's also, I think what I love about your work is that you really look at the inside, like the whys and, you know, cause I, so I just want to share like my very first, and I really connected to your story because my very first foray <laughs> out of hundreds of forays into oh this, you know, um, yo-yo dieting, you know, this journey of my body and all, you know, my experience was when I was 12, my parents, my grandmother, I think took me to a dietitian, And I remember this so vividly, but I don't know what it means. So if you want, feel free to unpack this if you want, <laughs> but it's up to you. Um, but I so remember vividly the dietitian asking me, how much do you think you you weigh? And at like, I was 12, you know, like playing like three different sports, you know, like I was, I, I was cool. I didn't even know that that was a thing. Like I had no idea. And so I just, I didn't, I don't know. I said like something, I don't even remember what the number was, but I said something and then they, she put me on the scale and it was higher than what I said. And she's like, um, she, I remember she vividly, she said, um, well, at least that's good. You, it's something about the way that I perceived myself was, was good. So like the number was bad, but I was good. And I feel like, I've never talked about this before, so I have no complete thoughts about this other than this is me sharing vulnerably, but it's so interesting because it's almost like in that experience, like I learned, like I learned that the number meant something, you know, or it meant like maybe I was gaslighting myself or maybe there was something like there was this, this dichotomy of good and bad, which I had no idea at that point. And I'm not saying that that was like a turning point for me, but I do remember that vividly summer. Yeah. I think like, honestly, everyone I work with has a story that's similar to that. And it really? was a moment that they, that something happened to them that they questioned, like, wait a minute, like, there's something wrong with my body or Mm. should I be concerned about my body? Like we, you know, when we're born into this world, like, and you, and you look at kids, they have this, they're, they're just in their bodies, right? Like they are just curious and they're in their bodies and they're Mm. wild and they're, you know, like untamed, so to speak. Or a little 12 year old. And then, yeah. And then a moment like this happens, something like what you described or, you know, somebody says something to them about like their body size and it creates this moment like that just creates this disconnection of like, wait a minute, you start to almost like view yourself as an outsider. Like, mm. and that's where that, that like self-objectification, which mm-hmm. um, like Judy redefined, I don't know if you follow them, but they always call it that, um, that starts. Right. And so, and it also really kind of, that's where that, like the fat phobic beliefs, like the belief that, you know, thinner is better and fat is bad. That's where that stuff gets like implanted. Like that's where we internalize mm-hmm. it. So we're already kind of surrounded by those messages might be kind of subtle, whether it's just through the media or always being exposed to images of really thin people. But then when that moment happens to us personally, like we really start to internalize it ourselves and think, mm-hmm. Ooh, there's something wrong with my body, you know? And I think that then takes us out of our body because instead of just being in it and trusting it and like, like you, it sounded like, you know, you're playing sports and you just, you were just in your body, right? Mm -hmm. Then that a moment like that takes you out of your body and you start to think about things in a different way in terms of like, what 
the impact is to my body when I do this thing. And mm-hmm. I need to try to kind of keep myself smaller, or keep it contained or get it even smaller. Mm-hmm. And that creates this mm-hmm. whole cycle of, mm-hmm. um, you know, the diet mentality. And also just us like believing that our worth is really tied to our body size. It's like, mm-hmm. it didn't matter how you felt. It didn't matter that you played sports or that you were good at all these other things. It was like, you know, or your body weight's higher. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the fact that she, I think what she was trying to say to you is like, oh, you don't realize that. That's a good thing. But then yeah, I'm also I, I think, yeah. Later, so yeah, it's like... I think, yeah, she's like, oh, it's <laughs> like you have a good, I think it was men- meant to be like you have a good self image, but it doesn't feel good. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. Just, but, and then she's like, oh, you have a good self image. Let yeah. me shatter this for you. And like, <laughs> you know, it's terrible. That's terrible. Like, that's terrible dietitian. <laughs> that was like way back. Oh. It was a while ago, let's just say. Uh, yeah. And I want to make sh- okay. Thank you for um, reflecting that with me. Like I said, it's never really. I don't think I've shared that ever. Um, so yeah, I'm probably gonna go to sleep tonight, like having to journal about this and wondering <laughs> what the heck happened. Um, I do want to get to this point, um, which is like it seems like that a major reframe in your work, and I'm so curious about this is why the way to feel better in your body isn't liking the way you look. So I want to slow that down because for me, and I don't know, this may be a blind, a blind spot for me and like in my brain. So why the way to feel better in my body isn't liking the way I look, what is up Mm -hmm. with that? Like what is, is liking the way you look, is that like typically taught? Um, you know, can you unpack that a little bit more for me and help me kind of understand mm. and embody yeah. what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. And it's not saying you can't like the way you look just so you know, but yeah. Um, well, I think if you look at like mainstream body positivity, there's a lot of messages out there of like, just embrace your body or, you know, like we should, you love your cellulite or love your roles. And I think that it does a bit of a disservice because it almost creates like an additional expectation on us that we have to now, like we have, um, amongst all the other things that are sort of expectations on us, especially as women, um, now we have to love our bodies too. And so I often, when I work with clients, they kind of come to me and they're like, I know I should feel better about my body. Like, I know I should like do this. Like I have a kid, I need to you mm. know, love my body. And I'm like, no, you, you don't need to love your body. Like it can be like this neutral relationship that we have. So where I like to really work with people is really helping them divest their sense of self-worth from how they look so that they can look in the mirror and maybe like what they see or not, knowing that that's probably going to vary from day to day. Um, and just be like, oh, hey, there I am. Okay, cool. Like go on with your life and not let it have that like really strong emotional reaction. So I think it's, it's kind of, um, twofold in that way. It's like, we want to drop the expectation that we have to love our body. And we really want to work more towards, instead of focusing around, like trying to love the way you look and trying to find yourself attractive, I would really encourage people to to try more to like, let's divest like our sense of self from how we look and you can still decorate your body and like, you know, self-expression in any way that feels good for you. That's all great. Those are great ways to honor yourself, but really we want to get away from like hinging the way we feel about ourselves um, based on what the mirror says, because then we're just relying on these external sources, whether it's like what the reflection says telling us how we should feel about ourselves and that creates issues because we're never going to feel great about ourselves every day and we're all aging out of beauty standards so if you're kind of hinging it on this fact that like i find myself attractive or i look good like 
that's likely to change because our bodies change, our appearances change, especially, especially as we age. And so I think getting to like a deeper layer within it of, okay, let's, you know, build up this belief that I'm valuable and worthy, like regardless of how I look and get to a place where I feel neutral in my body, meaning it doesn't dictate my, my emotions or, you know, my actions or my behaviors then that's like a much more liberating and freeing place to be because then it's just not taking up that mental space that it was before. That makes sense. Um, so what I'm hearing you say is, is like, I think you said it, like your body as a vessel, like as a vessel that's neither good nor bad, but it just is right. So that's like, mm-hmm. a le- it feels like that that's like a level of acceptance because I'll be honest, like, you know, what is it? Um, you know, uh, health at every size, you know, all of, all of that, um, which has helped me in my journey of acceptance. Um, but it also could feel, and I don't know if, if I'm like saying this like very clearly, cause you know, like this is just a newer conversation for me, but it feels like it's almost like, like gaslighting in a way where, you know, like you're, you try really hard, maybe like on the surface level to really love yourself, but you really don't, I don't know. Does that make sense? Is that true? I don't know. But does that, I mean, like, I feel like there's basically, I feel like that there's a good balance between like acceptance and then neutrality, but also love like where, where does all, does does that make sense? Where does that come into play? Well, I think like neutrality is more of an outcome, whereas acceptance and love are more actions, right? Like, how can I treat myself in a loving way? That's how I look at it with people, right? Like Mm -hmm. when I talk about acceptance, acceptance is a behavior Mm -hmm. and we can accept that we don't like something today. I can accept that. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't like, you know, the way my tummy looks today. Mm -hmm. Um, I can accept that, you know, I'm having a really tough moment and make space for this shame that I'm feeling today. Mm -hmm. Like that's what acceptance is. Like, it's literally a practice of showing up for yourself. Mm -hmm. It's not like a resignation to like the fact that like, well, I guess I'll just accept this. It's bad. Like, no, it's about like being accepting of all the different parts of yourself. Like I accept that I'm a really impatient person and I accept that I'm like, you know, pretty ambitious. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's, mm-hmm. there's, it's about Such accepting a balance. all the different yeah, aspects of ourselves. And it's not like a destination where you just hit something and you're like, okay, I accept myself. It's, it's a practice of showing up for yourself and just let, welcoming whatever is there in a particular moment and honoring what your needs are. And that's just, I mean, love sort of coincides with that. Like, it doesn't mean you have to be like, oh, I'm in love with my body. Like, it's not like having like a, you know, sensual relationship, although that's cool if you have that too, but, mm-hmm. um, but it's about like, how can I treat myself in a loving way? And, it, you know, I'm a parent, so I don't know if you have any parents that listen to this, but like you, you treat your child with love and acceptance. And that's like, it's, it's literally like, you just want to mirror that same back to yourself, mm-hmm. like love yourself, accept yourself for whatever aspects of, of yourself that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't, it doesn't mean that like, it's always going to feel good. It means that we're still going to have hard days and, mm-hmm. and you know, we're going to have good days and bad days. And we want to balance with that, but it's like, how are we showing up for ourselves on those days? And are we able to treat ourselves from a place of love and kindness and respect and compassion? Mm-hmm. And that's really like how I go about teaching people to really build up that sense of self-worth, because all of that is about reinforcing this belief that you matter, that your needs matter, that you matter 
And when we do that, we're much better equipped to really, you know, separate like how we measure ourselves from all these external things, like what the number on the scale says or what my Mm. reflection says or what other people think of me. Mm. That's beautiful. Yeah. I feel, yeah. I'd love, you know, to talk kind of like, as we're wrapping up, you know, it seems like that you are like, you know, going deeper on you know, like self-worth again, doesn't come from the outside. It comes from the inside. Right. Um, what I realized through my process is that when I started to heal and this wasn't, this was a byproduct, I feel like of my healing, um, which I believe is very similar to, to kind of your philosophy, but I'm not sure. Um, but when I started to do my healing, like my internal work, and I started to, you know, have that, that really, really strong sense of love in myself and worth and, um, enoughness, at least like 80, per- I always give myself a little bit of leeway, 80%. Of oh different. yeah. It's not, no, no, <laughs> we don't do perfection. Right. I always, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you know, is I started to, like, I lost weight because I like my, my eating patterns changed, And I did not even notice this until like, I had some time to reflect, you know, maybe a year or two later, like, I like not to say that like losing weight is good or bad, but I just noticed how my relationship with food changed because I was healing inside, like the traumas that Mm -hmm. I've been through and all that stuff that is very similar, right. To, to what you do. Correct. Yeah. And I mean, some people gain weight through that process. Like I gained weight through the process because I was really, you know, in this place where I was like under feeding myself and Mm. like, I I wasn't treating myself in a good way. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, and so everyone's process with it is really different. I think it's like, you know, but again, like weight gain is just a neutral thing. Weight loss is a neutral thing. Like we've only interpret those as negative things based on what we've learned from our culture. Yeah. And so, I don't like to like, I try to take weight out of the equation because even if you're, if you, even if you gain or lose weight in the beginning, like it might change later, we never know what's going to happen to our body. There's just so many factors that come into play with it. Ultimately, it's like how you feel about, you know, the way that you're treating yourself. How do you feel on the inside? Like, and really coming back to, you know, what, what's our body telling us versus like, what is like, you know, where, how are we assessing ourselves based mm-hmm. on the external things? Yeah. And slowing down and listening to mm-hmm. my body was huge for me too. Um, yeah. 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 Um, can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing now? Um, I know you have something called you on fire. I love that. Yeah. Like yeah. light me on fire, girl. Come on. But like, what's going on? Where can people find you? What are you working on? Sure. Yeah. So uh, you can find me at thebodyimagecoach.com as well as I have a podcast called Eat the Rules. I have over 240 episodes all around body image and this kind of stuff. Um, And so those are the best places to find me. And I work with people one-on-one or in groups. My group program is called You on Fire and it's an online group coaching program that really helps, gives people a step-by-step way of building up their sense of self-worth beyond the scale. And it's really great because it's a community environment, but it also has more individualized coaching for me as a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I also help professionals. So other um, coaches, therapists, dietitians, or educators, like anyone who works with people who struggle with body image. Um, I run the, the body image coach certification program with my partner. 
uh, Danny Adams. And so um, we do that too for professionals. So yeah, there's a lot of things, but <laughs> everything you can find at thebodyimagecoach.com. Um, and I'm on social media as summer in and in. Yeah. Yay. Well, you're amazing. Like I, um, I knew that this was going to be very interesting because I hadn't, I, I think I've spoken a lot, a little bit about my journey with my body. Um, so I really appreciate you being here and being able to reflect a little bit about my experience and you're amazing. And I will link all of that up in the show notes. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. All right, my friends, what a beautiful conversation that that was with Summer. Um, I think I, what I liked most about our time together was, you know, this very similar viewpoint that we have on, you know, I have um, on relationships and what I teach and coach and what she has on body image and self-worth and confidence and what she coaches. And I think like what it all comes back to is this idea of, you know, like one size does not fit all when it comes to healing with it, when it comes, it comes to knowing yourself, when it comes to knowing your authenticity and yes, a number is just a number on the scale. And I think this is one of the first times that I sh- I've shared some personal ish <laughs> stories about my journey with my body, um, my body image shame and kind of where a lot of that was rooted from, but I really hope you enjoyed, uh, this chat with summer. Um, a few things before we get, um, but <laughs> not before we get started, <laughs> Lily, before we close up today, um, don't forget, like I mentioned before to please rate, share, review the show, um, when I get those, those rates, shares, reviews, whatever you feel called to do, it boosts up the visibility of the show. So if you are enjoying it and you, um, you would love for more people to hear it, that is a great way to do that. Another way to support the show is to support monetarily. Um, you can click the link in the show notes and click on support and super cool way to, um, thank me for the time that I spend with great guests, finding great guests. Um, I have a team that helps me produce these podcasts, or if you want to buy me a coffee, I would be down with that as well. I do love my little treats in the morning after my hikes. Um, you can elect to, to support the show with $1 a month, $5 a month, $10 a month. I'm sure you can, and you can cancel anytime. So, um, if you feel like sharing the love, if you love what I do here, if you love these conversations, that is a great way to show me some love as well. And I will gratefully receive any love and support that you send my way. And that is it for today. I love you. Please know, please know that you are loved and you you are, you are supported. You are loved and you are supported. You are doing everything right. If you are going through something hard right now, just know that that hard thing that you are going through is up for you because you are so resilient. You have been through so much stuff in the past that you are strong enough to heal. The universe has put this in front of you so that you can learn from this, so that you can grow, so that you can evolve. And you are amazing just as you are. And you are embodying all the growth that is meant for you. I love you. I'll see you next time. That not next Wednesday, but the Wednesday after.